Welcome to International Real Estate Advisors with C-Ray. Have you ever considered in your thoughts or dreams about how to buy, sell, or transact in the real estate world in a place outside your home country? Well, I know I have, and my guess is that you have too. If that is true, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here, you will hear from advisors from all over the world about how to turn your dreams or thoughts into a reality. And you know, I got that feeling you're going to like it, baby. I got that feeling. International Property Advisors with C-Ray, where I talk with advisors from all over the world about their real estate experiences when buying or selling or any of those professionals involved with the process at hand. Today, Daniel Rodriguez is with us coming out of Costa Rica. And without further ado, Daniel, how are you today? I'm pretty good. What about you? I'm doing good, doing good. It's 2021. I'm excited about making an effort to re-implement my 2020 goals. Yeah. yeah, we're all in the same boat, I think. Yep, it's been um it's been a good ride so far. I had a good holiday, and so I'm excited to be able to have opportunity to speak with great professionals and people such as yourself to learn about opportunities in various markets. And I know I've um, become a, aware by friends, family, relatives of interest in Costa Rica, as well as those that you know have visited, but it'd be cool to know about the opportunities as it relates to you know real estate. And for those that, I don't know, maybe they want to visit more often or Maybe someone want to retire, have a second home, what have you. I just really, without a doubt, wanted to make sure you were on the map. So tell me where you're connecting with us from Costa Rica. And so tell us a little about your background and what you do and all that good stuff. Uh, yes, I currently own a real estate business. Uh, we just started last year in 2020, right before about a month before we got the first uh, COVID case in the country. Um, the company, it's called Deal Costa, Deal Costa Rica Real Estate. Uh, it's It was like a word game with the, na- the first letter or the letters in my family name. And it we came out with the word deal, which is what we do in real estate, right? So, uh, but that represents uh, each one of the members in my family. Um, we are located in San Jose, which is the capital city, but I originally grew up on Guanacaste, which is like the northern Pacific uh, area of the country. Um, as I said, we started last year. We wanted to do something different. So uh, we decided to just do like online business. And that has given us the opportunity to expand and start like uh uh, getting leads from different parts of the country. So we are, although we are in San Jose, which is, as I said, like the 
the most populated area because it's like in the Central Valley. Uh, we also have some listings, especially on the Pacific Coast. Cool, 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 cool. So where do you find a lot of clients and investors coming from these days? Are they coming from other, you know, uh, countries or are they primarily kind of in your general area or where are they usually kind of coming from? Uh, I will say the Costa Rican market could be divided in two parts. You have like what I call the local market, which will be mostly like San Jose, Heredia, Cartago, Alajuela, which are like the four main uh, provinces of the country or the largest ones in terms of population. And then the main city on each one of the other three, like Punta Arenas, uh, Limon and Guanacaste. So like there are certain towns where people move there because of work reasons or they buy there because it's the place where they have always uh, lived or their family has lived. And then more on the like Pacific and the Caribbean coast, because in Costa Rica, we have both uh, coastlines in some of the tourist areas, like around Monteverde and Arenal, which are pretty famous because of the biodiversity, which is very interesting. Like Costa Rica is a very small country. It's only like 51,000 uh, square kilometers. And we have about 6% of the world's biodiversity. So that's like, the nature here is very rich um, for the natural resources. So in those areas along the coast and some of the main like forest areas, you will have a lot of international buyers. Uh, people that want to have a second home or invest in ecotourism or tourism opportunities. So it's really depending on what product you have. Um, that's where where your clients will come. Cool, 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 cool. So when you do have clients coming from whether they're more localized in your region or if they're coming from say the States or from other countries, just in general, what are some of the challenges that they may face as they try to uh, attempt to purchase real estate in your area? Like I know sometimes if someone is trying to purchase real estate from let's say Western Europe and they're trying to purchase real estate in the States, Sometimes the financial piece of it or the capital piece of it can be a little more complicated. Like, you know, sometimes they, you might just hear various different reasons as to how the money needs to be positioned before being able to deploy it toward mm -hmm. an asset or what have you is, you know, one of the challenges or just there are a myriad of them. What are some of those, some examples of those that might be to be considered that are to be considered for your market? Um, well, one, th there's a couple factors that need to be taken care of. Number one, if foreigners are going to buy, they will have to get like, if they need to finance the purchase, they will have to finance it outside of the country because the banking system in Costa Rica won't give you a credit 
as a foreigner or as a resident, unless you are like, you own a corporation in the country, if you can prove certain stability and stuff, then you can access to credit for a corporation to buy property. But like on a personal level, if you're a foreigner and you're just like wanting to invest, you have to bring the, the funds from outside. The other thing is uh, because of the way or the place where Costa Rica is located, we are kind of, kind of in the middle in between South America and North America. So a lot of uh, drug kind of like crosses the country. Not much of it stays, but some people like use pretty much um, all the countries in Central America, they try to use them for like money laundering and stuff like that. So what the government has been doing for the past 10 years is really like tidying up the international funds that come into the country. But there's, it's nothing to worry about. Actually, it's like a, a protective measure. So what you need to do is just be able to declare where the money is coming from. So, for example, if you sold an asset in the States and you're going to take that money and invest it into Costa Rica, you have to somehow prove that those funds come from the sale of an asset. And once you can prove that to the bank, you can put it into a Costa Rican system or you can even use like escrow services that we have here, which is funny because most Costa Ricans won't use escrow services. They don't even know what that is. Okay. But there are escrow companies that will work mostly with like US buyers because you guys are used to using escrow services. Exactly. I was gonna say that's something that we would take, you know, we would take that and run with it because that's that's what we're used to. That's kind of what we're I don't know. We just figure, well, isn't that the way you're supposed to do it? I mean, that's yeah. just our, our assumption. So to see anything different, you know, not to say that we won't do it, but we definitely, you know, we need to hear more as far as, well, is, yeah. is this the conventional way? Is this kind of creative way? You know, we just, yeah. most of us want to do things above board. Not saying, yeah. that, you know, there aren't those of us that are, you know, a little, a little spicy in that way, but um, most of the time we, we just want to be above board what we're doing. And like you said, we're yeah. And the other thing that um, that you asked what was like one of the main challenges for like the locals, it will be the access to financing. Um, okay. Credit rates or like mortgage rates are pretty high in the country. We're talking anywhere from like eight or nine percent up to like 12. Um, so it gets very uh, hard to get like financing to buy a house. Um, the other thing that foreigners need to like really watch for is uh, where you're buying or who you're buying from. Because what Costa Rica, you might not believe this, but we don't have an MLS system like what you guys have in the States. So pretty much the value of my property, it's whatever price I want to put on it. Um, one of the things that we're really fighting against is what we call the overpriced because I will call a client, for example, and they'll be like, hey, can I list your property? And they'll be like, yeah, the property, it's worth 100000 
but I won't pay you commission on the hundred thousand. So you need to get your commission on top of that. So what happens is I have to put like the standard in the country is 5%. So I have to put like the 5% on top of the hundred thousand, but we as a company don't do that. Like we prefer to just reject the listing. And I tell them straight off, I'm like, you know what? If you give me a property that I have to overprice to get my commission, number one, I'm not going to present the best possible price to the buyer. And I'm not going to bring you a buyer that I know that can pay you 100K or maybe like 95 if you're willing to negotiate because you're not going to pay me a commission for my work. So, but what, what happens is like, one will say yes, and they will list it at 110. Somebody else will list it at 120. And then the owner list list at 100,000. And people are like, all right, what's the real price? So this is mostly because there's not like a standard price. And the other reason it's because we don't really have a system that we can track what was sold and at what price. So what happens is, if you find this crazy buyer that will pay you 150,000 for your property when it's really worth 75,000, then automatically everybody on the neighborhood is like, hey, he sold for 150 and I'm next door. I'm going to sell for 200. So yeah. like you, like especially foreigners, they need to like really research a serious real estate company or agents that like will be ethic in the way they work so that you guys will know that the prices that you're getting are the ones that are really like market value because we do know like i mean they can come and tell me like hey i want a million dollars for this property we can tell them no this is not worth a million right but some people will be like yeah we'll just find somebody that will buy the property at that price so i will say just to like sum it up like those two things like making sure you can um, prove where the money's coming from and really paying attention to the real estate agents you're working with. Got you, got you, got you, got you. So you actually answered some of this already, but when people are in the States, for instance, or in other parts of the world outside of Costa Rica, what are some of the, the missteps that you find take place? Like say, for instance, before talking to you, I wouldn't have a clue about how to go and consider a Costa Rican property because we're used to here, you usually have comparables to be able to compare and consider whenever you're looking at a property, as well as whatever research you do on your own, or some people may refer to it as due diligence. So that would be just by nature, the steps that I would take. But what do you find to be some of the missteps that investors make um, when considering properties and then even taking a step further, perhaps when they are in the process of actually closing on a property. Um, I know the list might be long, but you know, if you can <laughs> hear 
know. Yeah. Well, I I think the best way that I can answer that question is just like relating a couple stories of clients that I've talked to. Uh, I think one of the main missteps is like not really taking the time to research who you're working with. And, and I cannot stretch that point enough. Like I, um, you don't need a license to be a realtor in Costa Rica. Uh, so pretty much anybody can be a realtor. And this might sound pretty bad, but sadly, some people will see foreign investors as just an, as an opportunity to make a large sum of money and fill my pockets and then I disappear and that guy will have to deal with that property and then I'll get somebody else. Um, we as a brand, one of the things we're trying to build is trust. Like we want people to, and, and actually we're working on a new kind of a motto or slogan, which is like we value relationships over transactions because I rather have you trust me because then you will know that what I say I'm going to do and that you can trust in the way we're wanting to do business with you because th this is the deal. Like when you come to Costa Rica, you're going to fall in love with the country. I mean, I mean, I've seen it my whole life. Like you guys come, you get here, you have no idea where you're going to find. And then you're like, you know what? I love this because it's green everywhere. Uh, the lifestyle is super nice. Like it's totally relaxed. Um, you get, there's actually a Pacific ocean you can swim in and you're not going to freeze your butt. Because, like, I know what the beach is like in the States. Like, you can really freeze. Here, you can jump in the water 12 months out of the year, and you're fine. Um, so what happens is some people come, they love it, they start hearing about properties that are for sale, and then you compare the price of that property to, like, what you will find in the States, and they're like, all right, yeah, I'll buy. And, for example, like, I have a client right now, he bought a beautiful property on an area that it's kind of like, I mean, it hasn't developed probably as quickly as they thought it was going to be, it was going to develop. The guy is over 80 years old and he told me, he's like, you know what? I'm stuck with a property that never developed. It will eventually, but it's taking slow, uh, lower, uh, slower than I thought. And, um, now I need to be close to medical um, facilities and doctors. So I need to go back to the States because I cannot be traveling six hours to like the closest hospital in San Jose. Yeah. And he's like, when I bought this property, it was like them, like it was like in the Costa Rican boom. And now I'm stuck with this property. Um, the other thing is people will buy just because somebody says, Oh yeah, there's a great opportunity for this hotel. I just actually heard about heard about a group of like European clients. They bought a hotel just because they had the money to buy and somebody told them it was a great investment. They trusted in that person and COVID came and then the previous owner couldn't even come up with like um financial statements or anything and they had already bought. So uh, so I think just really researching, taking the time to research and and 
working with somebody that you trust. I want one of the things, for example, we're wanting to do, we, besides our real estate business, we have an architecture department and we have a legal department because we want the client to know that when they come work with us, we're going to give you the full advice um, to like just run the process smoothly and know that you're not going to like get screwed in the process, you know. But I think one of the main uh, missteps will be like not really taking the time to do the research on what you're buying. Because as I said, like prices are very attractive, especially for foreigners, excuse me. But then like, because you don't know like certain laws, like the maritime zone limit, uh, they say, hey, you can buy the property. And then it happens that it was on an area that you couldn't buy because that's only like concession land. Um, so the process is different. And then you're stuck like putting in money and never goes through or, um, different regulations. For example, they will say, hey, I'm selling you this property and it happens to be under the condo law and you get stuck with a bunch of like uh, HOA fees that if you don't pay, you could even lose your property, but they never told you it was going to be that. Or even like some developments, like it was, this, this is a funny one, but what used to happen like 10, 15 years ago, somebody will have a large piece of land they will build an arch and a wall and they will put a sign out saying like a uh, condo project or residential project. And then they started like selling uh, properties mm -hmm. and then the owner will or the developer will collect a bunch of money and he'll just run away. And everybody's stuck with land where there's like no access to water or anything like that. And then it was like, yeah, but they had a wall. And so the my first experience in real estate i remember like my mentor um she was the owner she's still the owner of a coal banker office she will always tell me like daniel if they build a wall and an arch it doesn't mean anything if they build a clubhouse in the project that makes a difference because it means they're serious about the investment so things like that it's what i why i say they need to really take the time to research uh, the hist who's the developer, the history of the development, if there is any other projects around. Um, surprises could always happen, but at least you're more protected. And in this case, like just finding a realtor that you can trust, like somebody that will like speak up front to you and tell you like, hey, this is what's going on, uh, or this is what could happen with this property. For me, that's like the easiest way to go. Got you, got you, got you, got you. So as we're, let's go into, let's go into first, in a, you know, I know it, you won't be able to tell us down to the wire, but just kind of in a nutshell, what does the process look like? If I come there and I want to purchase, I don't know, a quadplex or something like that, what does that look like as far as, the players involved, because uh, I know like here, you know, you got attorneys, you have, um, you know, inspectors, your due diligence people, you know, all these, this, all these moving parts to the puzzle that are integral pieces in order for you to get to the finish line. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for 
uh, a foreigner wanting to invest in your market? Because I know sometimes real estate professionals, you know, they, they kind of have a limit. They, they're not going to just do everything, but then sometimes they do a lot, you know. So what does that look like as far as the process where, you know, from start to, I don't know, take me to midway or finish, whatever you feel is, is, is good. Before I let go, if you heard something today in this episode that resonated with you and you would like to conversate about it more, please do reach out to me and or my guests. And if you really want to do something sexy, tune in each week for new episodes and leave a review and let me know your thoughts. Thank you for tuning in to International Real Estate Advisors with C-Ray. Listen soon.